0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen, and I'm here today with UFC fighter Patrick Cote. Patrick, how are you doing today, sir? I'm uh, pretty good. Thanks, man. Good, good. I really appreciate you coming on my shoot, show today. Anyone who doesn't know Patrick Cote, this guy's been around the UFC a long, long time. Uh, a true veteran of the sport, has fought for UFC championships in the past. Uh, Patrick, your UFC debut, am I correct, that was 2005 against Chris Lieben?
1: No, my UFC debut was in 2004 against uh, Tito Ortiz. Oh, that's UFC,
0: right. That 50. was a title title fight, right?
1: Uh, that was a title fight. That was the main event of the, of the UFC 50. Uh, I did accept the fight on the four days' uh, notice, and uh, yeah, it was uh, was pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, what do you think about Tito Ortiz uh, fighting Chael Sonnen and Bellator coming up uh, later this year or early next year?
1: It's kind of crazy but you know what it's uh, a lot of people's gonna gonna watch it. Uh I don't know if you saw the the, the press conference or the you know the, the thing on video they tried to hide the fight. That was that was pretty lame but uh you know what that it's two legends right there and uh you know I'm I'm pretty sure that a lot of people is gonna watch it.
0: Well definitely two legends. Uh do you think who do you think came off uh the, the victor in that debate, Tito or uh or Chail Sonin?
1: Uh, it, it you know, in the in the debate uh, in the video.
0: Yeah, yeah, in that video. Who do do you think Chell got the better of him in that one?
1: Yeah, Chell is uh, is, you know He's a world class trash talker. He's he, he's awesome, man. It's it's very hard to go against him. Even even Tito you is know, he's a good talker, but uh, you know, you can't you can't compete with with Chiel.
0: Yeah, I think he's the best. Him and him and Connor, are two guys that are always entertaining to listen to. They're the kind of guys that you know. Their tra- their trash talk and their promotion is is so entertaining that I feel like they could charge money for the press conferences. Like I like put that on YouTube for five bucks, people would pay to see it.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know that's that's the thing, man. You, you can fake it. Man. You, you are a good trash talker or you're not. And uh, if you fake it, everybody's gonna 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 see it. So it's you have it or you're done. And guys like that, like you said, like Chael Sonnen. Like uh, like Conor McGregor, they're it's just money when they talk, it's, it's crazy, so they're really really good to 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 sell themselves and sell the fight and hide the fight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of a guy like Chael Sonnen, uh, do you have any thoughts or can you speak at at all about uh kind of this new free agency that's been sweeping the MMA world? Like we're seeing guys. You know, we've never seen this before. Guys leaving the UFC, uh, not re-signing their deals, you know, before their current contracts are up is, is what we normally have been seeing. And now we're seeing a lot of these really high-profile names. I mean, it's out there. A fellow Canadian, George St. Pierre, uh, may or may not still be with the UFC. I mean, that would be a, a huge, huge grab for a company like Bellator. Do you have any kind of thoughts as a fighter who's been around the game for a very long time on kind of this new era of free agency in mixed martial arts?
1: Yeah, you know, first of all, George is not is not free, free agent. You know, it's very complicated about the contract, but he's still under the UFC contract. Even if they they said it is not, still he, is still he's still under uh, the UFC UFC contract. But yeah, it's it's a new era. You know that's now uh, we know that. uh, you know, Conor and uh, Nate Diaz made two and three millions in the last fight. So for sure, you know now a lot of people want uh, want more money. Uh, before, you know, normally that was four fight contract, and normally after the third one, uh, you were renegotiated the, the 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 contract to 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 sign a new deal for for four fights and uh, not doing the last fight on the contract. So that, normally that was like that, but now like you said, like lauren larkins is it's another one the u f c now is agent and people want to want to uh to test the the market uh you know especially now we we all everybody knows that the u f c got by by uh you know their uh, e m g and uh ME by for four billion so they know we, we know that they have uh, they have money and uh you know that that's that's the thing and um but you know what? Going to, to Bellator, uh, you know they're gonna pay for, you know, big stars. But you know, don't expect that Viacom is gonna throw a lot, a lot of money to have, uh, to have, uh, you know, all the all the fighters from, from the UFC. You know, Viacom is, you know, for Bellator, for Viacom, it's a hobby. You know, this is not their main business, like their 30 brother. Uh, in in the past that the was, you know, their, their life. It's
0: very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. Very good points that you made there, Patrick. And in speaking of the new ownership, um, have you seen any big changes firsthand as a guy who's been around the company? I mean, you've seen, you've seen essentially the sport grow from essentially banned from television all the way to this, this mainstream. Then they've got that deal with Fox and that's another thing that's going to be interesting when, when that comes up, we saw what happened with the NBA recently I'd imagine the UFC is going to get a very big television deal in a couple of years um, from somebody, maybe Fox, maybe another company. Uh, we have new owners in the UFC. I mean, a, a, a lot of change. Um, a lot of people got let go recently as well from from UFC headquarters. Have you seen any any big changes firsthand yet? Well, the big change
1: now is they they clean the the the, the office uh, left and right. You know, here uh, you know in the UFC Canada, they're they they fired like eighty percent of the the people over there only two person there there are still in the in the office over there so they they want to put their people and uh you know I think that they did fire almost eighty eighty percent right now in uh in the USA quarter in vegas and uh in Asia too so it's a big change it's uh it's gonna be a, a lot different but I don't think that before 2017, we're gonna see a lot of change. You know, it's it's almost the end of the year for uh, for the UFC. In 2017, now we're gonna be able to see more uh, more change. But you know, for television, like you said, they still have a, a one year contract with Fox. So Fox, they still have uh, they they're still. Are under contract uh, until 2018. So uh, you know we'll see what's gonna happen in uh, in 2018. But for the next year, I don't think it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of change. Gonna have a lot of change in you know business wise over there. I think they they're just gonna try to change the face of the of the UFC that they sh- try to show to everybody that they they want that they want the the, the company. Uh, they they want to run the company with their
0: their own people, right? And and I you know it's to be expected when there's a when there's a, a buyout like that you know you know that there's going to be personnel change. Uh, what was it? I, I so I wouldn't say from that perspective it was that uncommon or shocking, but it came like three months after they came in. It was but but changes change. We'll see what happens. Um, and you know the television deal that'll be coming up in a year or so. Um, something else that came. Well, Recently, within the last couple of years, was that Reebok deal, and I've spoken to fighters that it really positively affected, and fighters that it really negatively affected. Where do you fall in that spectrum, as a guy who's been around the sport for quite a while? Did that Reebok deal was that was that a, a was that a concern of yours when that happened?
1: yeah yeah i think everybody lost a lot of money with the, with the remote deal but we'll start with that i think they they signed for seven years and now it's, it's the second year now. i i'm pretty sure that it's like that you know uh, so we'll start with that 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 that's the thing and uh, you know it's 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 a pay scale so for me you know my next fight is gonna be my my, my twenty one uh twenty one uh, fight number twenty one under the u f c uh colors so i'm i'm at the last uh, scale of the of the pay of the paychecks, so it's it's not bad, but you know, for sure, you know, for for everybody, uh, you know, the Reebok deal wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't great because we lost a lot lot of money.
0: Yeah, and that seems to be one of the big sticking points people want to talk about when it comes to that George Saint Pierre situation. Is a guy like him, the the amount of sponsorship money he was making, especially from uh, Reebok's competitor Under Armour. I mean, it's just. I can imagine the kind of the kind of issues that could come up um in these situations. But that all being said, um oh you know what? I wanted to ask you one more thing. What do you think about uh the ultimate fighter nowadays? Because I think with this ownership change we'll probably see the end of that show soon. Do you do you think that as well? Um
1: I don't know. I don't think we're gonna see that the end of now. They're, they're worth talking about, but uh, you know, top twenty five already in uh in in talk, that's gonna be like uh the, the 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 veteran of the of the UFC or the the tough season or the fighter who fought in the UFC before and they have great character so they're gonna make like the all all star uh, tough for the tough tough 25 so um, we'll see you know it's it's uh, they have to they have to find a new concept for sure because you know now everybody knows that what it is but they have to find you know a new, new character new people that uh, you know that people's going to be able to 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 change it, the channel to to watch the show because now after it's more than 25 seasons if you have tough smashes, tough nation uh you have UK against uh UK against the uh, United States you, you had uh tough live with Cruz against a uh, ref favor so it's almost like 30 season of tough. so maybe it's time to uh to pull the plug but uh tough 25 is already uh already talking now
0: well, that's news to me. I did not know about the uh, the concept for the next Ultimate Fighter, so thanks for letting me know. I'm actually, for whatever it's worth, I'm doing this interview with no internet whatsoever, so I'm just trying to keep my memory in check um, as far as, as all of this information goes. Um, it's tough to do without the internet. It's this whole situation that I'm going through, but that all being said, uh, you're, I'm going to change subjects a little bit. Your last fight was against Cowboy Cerrone. That was in Ontario, Canada. Before that, you were riding a four uh, three-fight win streak, and that fight with Cerrone, he's looked like an absolute monster at, at welterweight, and and I think everyone can agree with that. Um, I wanted to ask you this question: Donald Cerrone, having fought him, how do you think he does against Kelvin Gastelum at uh UFC 205 in New York City?
1: Uh, I think he's going to be, he's going to go, going to be great. You know, uh, everybody saw what happened with. Uh... With Rick Story, you know that was a pure beating, and uh, I think Galsalam is a is a, a better wrestler, but he's a softball too, and uh, it's gonna be, you know, he's at one seventy right now. You know, Cerrone is just just unreal. He's a monster. You know, when I fought him, I, you know, I wasn't there one hundred percent mentally. You know, I know I could I, I could be better. You know, I could do better in the fight. Uh, no excuse. But uh you know, he, he's, uh, he's he's really, really good, you know. He's very uh, a a well rounded uh, fighter and uh you know what, uh, it's, it's it's pretty bad that uh you know, Lauder got hurt and uh it's it's Gasol. No they to their but everybody was so excited to see Lauder against against uh Cerrone.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I couldn't agree more. When that fight was announced, the entire MMA world just jumped out of their chairs because that would be a hell of a fight. Um, and just because I'm thinking about it, and I, I almost stumbled earlier by saying four-fight win streak, if you, the, the four I believe before you went on your most recent win streak, you fought Steve and Wonderboy Thompson, correct?
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, I fought Star Thompson, UFC 178.
0: Okay, in Vegas. That was outside of Canada. Yeah. Okay, the the, uh, the Stephen Thompson fight. He'll be fighting uh, Tyron Woodley. I was actually there live in Atlanta to watch Woodley uh, defeat Lawler for the championship at UFC 201, uh, which was a shocking event as well. I mean, that, I can't believe how quickly that fight went. And Wonderboy versus Woodley is the next title fight at your weight class. Do you have any prediction for that one? thing I'm uh, you know, I, I like Tyron Woodley. You know, he's
1: a super nice guy and you know, he knocked Robbie Lauder. That was only the second time in his career Lauder got knocked down. So, you know, it's it's a big uh, it's a big thing for Woodley. But uh, you know, I think that you know Thompson has to be very patient and uh has to put has to to go to very very late in the, in the in the fight you know if the fight passes the second round i will go with uh with Thompson and probably he's going to be able to to knock uh will lay out maybe in the third or fourth round but in the first two rounds uh he has to be very very careful
0: all right there you have it and uh Speaking uh, of upcoming events and we were speaking a little bit about Canada, is there any reason uh, that we don't see the name Patrick Cote booked yet for UFC 206? Uh,
1: Yeah, I just got a little go like a month oh. ago, so I'm pretty busy and uh, I'm... I'm... I have I have done other a lot of things outside the the cage. I the You know, I have a real estate company. I'm working a lot in TV and uh, in in uh, radio and French media here. I'm working with the uh, Canadian Olympic uh, community here. So it's I'm really really busy right now, and uh, you know it's just a lack of time for me to be in one percent in uh, serious in, in training camp. And uh, you know everybody knows that when. When you go through the fight, you can't go seventy-five or fifty percent. You know it's it's too dangerous. You know I went there at one hundred percent and I lost. So can you imagine if you go there with, at seventy-five percent? So for me, uh, it's gonna be after uh, after holidays and uh, probably around March. I'll be back in the, in the cage.
0: Okay. Well, congratulations on your new child, sir. Oh, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when you come back in March, you got you got your sights set on anybody in particular, or? You just, uh, just kind of best available type situation. What do you think when you come back in March or around March?
1: Oh, you know what? I always I I have my the, the same three names since since a year that I'm trying to fight. Uh, there was Matt Brown, Safiuddin, or uh, or Jake Ellenberger. So you know everybody knows that I want to fight those guys. And uh, you know if if one guy is available at that time, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. But my first pick is gonna be uh, my first pick is Matt Brown, just because he's tired. And I like this guy. I like I'm a fan of Matt Brown and I think it's gonna be a fantastic
0: war. If if I'm correct, is Matt Matt Brown's fighting Tarek Safadin next, correct? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and Ellenberger just, just beat Matt Brown at two oh one. So that that's almost like a little like a mini uh welterweight tournament there with, with the four of you guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: it looks like that. Ellenberger's gonna fight I don't remember who, but he's gonna fight at the end of the year too. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see what's going to happen, but you know what, for me right now, it's taking care of my family and uh, taking care of all my business here. And I'm I'm pretty busy, so, I'm, and you know, just taking time off a little bit. You know, I've fought four times in in uh, in, in uh, 13 months, also, and with all my stuff around uh, the cage, so for me that was a really, really busy year. So that's why uh, I said that uh, when I fought Cironi, mentally I was drained, so right now i have to take time for me i have to take time with my family and just just refocusing about about things and uh you know i'll be back i'll be back in march and now i'll be back 100 uh, percent healthy and uh physically and mentally
0: awesome very very good to hear um let's see what else i got you know i got, I got a question for you you are I, I i've never spoken to somebody in my life who's. Fought Anderson Silva before, so I'll take the opportunity to ask when that man was at his best, you gave him his in my opinion you gave him his toughest uh, his toughest test um up until you know that very close fight he had with Chael and uh but you were you were the first guy I think to get out of the first round with Anderson. And I remember that being a, a huge deal in itself at the time uh, is is Anderson in his prime the best guy you ever fought? Yeah, by far.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, when I fought Anderson Silva, you have to understand that this guy was dominating, you know, everybody. Not just winning, but killing people. That was, he was, he was unreal. You know, you know, George, George St. Pierre is my friend. And at at that time, you know, they were close to be, you know, the, you know, we, we didn't know who were the best pound for pound fighter in the world, but trust me, you know if you if you watch the domination of Anderson Silva at that time when he was at his prime, that was just unreal. And when I fought him, he was at his prime, and uh, that was a one. I was that was at UFC 90, and. Uh, you know that was complicated. You know everybody asked me, "How I was it?" That was complicated. You know every time I was trying to go forward, he was behind me. Every time I, I was trying to punch, him, he wasn't there. So that that's the thing with Anderson Silva. He was it was very uh, he, he was he wasn't there all the time. So that, that was very complicated. But you know what? I went there. I went. To, I was the first guy in the UFC to uh, to go to the third, the third round with him. And uh, you know. When I, when, I, when I will uh, retired, I will be able to say that, you know what, uh, I had my title fight, and I, I fought the Anderson Silva, and I, I wasn't right in his face, and I, I wasn't scared of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for what it's worth, I mean, I remember I remember watching that fight live. I was in college at the time, and I remember watching that, and like you said, Anderson had been destroying everybody. Like, when he came in and he fought Chris Liebman in his first UFC fight, I remember being like what the hell just happened like chris lieben like that guy's he had an iron chin and anderson just rolled right through him and guy after guy and i remember you never you because you didn't get you, it was almost like controversial like you i remember you got injured i remember you you falling down and holding your knee and and to me it was like i wanted to see you fight him again so badly after that because i felt like it was like damn this guy's body, I mean, yes, it's Anderson Silva. I mean, he could he could hurt anybody. But, man, I really... I, I was pulling for you in that fight, Patrick. I really wanted to see you fight him again because I thought that you were the only guy I had seen up to that point that even stood a chance.
1: Yeah, you know, that was a bad fucking bad time, for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, but that was kind of like unfinished business. But, you know what, it is what it is. Uh, you know, that that's the thing. And what, like you said, at that time... Uh, Silva was just on another level, and uh, you know I was just trying to to look good. And uh, when I went uh, I went in the cage, you know I was like, man, I'm not gonna show him that I'm scared or something like that because everybody before me, you can see that that you know the the the, the eyes, you know everybody was like losing already. So for me that wasn't that wasn't the case, and I was like, man, I. You know, knock me out. I don't care. I'm. I'm not gonna remember it anyway. But I'm gonna go with it forward, and I'm gonna push you, and uh, I'm gonna try to 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 knock you out. But you know what? Bad luck had in a bad time, like you said. You know, my knee, uh, my knee uh, blew out, and uh, you know, I was uh, a year and a half out. And when I came back, it was it uh, was hard.
0: Who's the hardest hitter you ever fought? You're a guy who's known for for having very heavy hands yourself. Who's, is Anderson the the guy who hits you the hardest as well, or is he, have you fought anybody who's who's punching power or kicking power is like very surprising to you?
1: No, Anderson Silva doesn't hit hard; he's just very very accurate. So this is uh, you know like ninety percent of the 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 throws it's it's accurate; it's right on the target. You know the guy who hit me the, the most harder, it's probably Drew McFadrice. Uh Drew McFadrice, I remember when he he landed the, the uppercut, the rear uppercut, uh, you know, I opened my eyes and I was like, man, I'm I'm still in the fight. I'm still there. Uh I remember that was uh, that was like a truck. And uh you know, I knocked him out like five seconds after but uh, I, I still remember today this uppercut.
0: That was my next thing I was about to say was I, you're saying he's the hardest hitter. I I, I absolutely believe you, but I was going to say who got knocked out of the night that night.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was uh, not that time. You know, Dreamx uh at the military camp. Nobody wanted to spar with him because he was mocking everybody out. He was hurting everybody. So uh, yeah, that was that was
0: a good win. Cool. Um, just got a couple more questions for you, Patrick. And I ask uh, everyone that I interview if they're willing to answer. Who is uh, your favorite fighter That, as a fan of, of the sport or somebody that maybe you kind of uh, look up to as a role model or kind of model your career after? Uh, I don't
1: know, man. I have a big... I have a... I have a lot of fighters who I like, and for different reasons. You know that Conor McGregor for standing fight is just unreal. He's just on, on another level. I like the Nick Diaz brother because they always come to fight. Uh, you know, I like I like Anderson Silva. He's a legend, and you know what? I'm I'm a part of of that legend because I fought him. Uh, you know, there's there's so many so many guys now that's, uh it's it's unreal and uh you know, I, I don't have only one that's you know, I'm a fan of the sports, so I'm a fan of a
0: lot of fighters. Okay, fair enough. And um as far as your favorite fight that you haven't been a part of, is there a fight that uh that you've seen that was maybe your favorite fight or maybe a couple fights that uh the people that listen to this podcast should go out of their way to check out?
1: The one who I remember, there's there's so many because you know I'm doing I'm like the Joe Rogan, the French Joe Rogan. I, I'm I'm doing the French commentary for the for the UFC since eight years, so I saw every fight. I, I did comment it, all the fights, so you know I, I I saw a lot of fights. Uh, but uh, the one I, who I remember was uh, maybe Gilbert Melendez and uh, Diego Sanchez. That was just. <laughs> just unreal that was a real war until the end That was 15 minutes of pure violence and uh if you didn't see uh that 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 fight you have to watch it it's it's unreal
0: that's one of if not the best three-round fights in the history of the ufc in my opinion yeah yeah then that's you know i wish we'd we'd see more fighters finish fights out like that two guys that pretty much i mean Literally, point down at the ground and say, "I'm standing right here." Let's throw. Someone's gonna get, someone's going down, or we're both gonna give it everything we got. And as a fan, that's always super entertaining to check out. uh Patrick, that's all I've got for you, man. Is there anything else uh that you'd like to add, or where can uh fans find you? Maybe like your Twitter or Facebook or something like that. Yeah,
1: you can follow me on my Twitter. It's Patrick underscore Koteg, and follow me on my Instagram. It's uh... Pat Cote, M-M-A, and uh, my Facebook fan page, uh, it's under Patrick Cote. Uh, so you can follow me. I'm pretty active on the social media.
0: Yep, and that's how we linked up. Uh, thank you very much, Patrick, for your time today. I really, really appreciate it, and good luck to you in the future. Congratulations on your new child. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you, man. Have a great night.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, and there you have it. That was Patrick Cote, UFC fighter, and I'm going to upload this as it is, uh, completely unedited. I still am having technical difficulty with the uh, the system that I use, so you guys are going to get that as raw as possible. There's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be some ums, some pauses, but you're getting the real deal. Please check me out on Twitter at now underscore world underscore order. That's at n o w underscore, W-O-R-L-D, underscore, O-R-D-E-R on Twitter, and please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, as well as Podomatic. Please rate, and please comment as well. I'm going to have some more stuff for you guys soon. Thank you very much, as always, for listening, and I will be back soon.